Hello, and welcome back to Sass Stories and Sarcasm. We're your hosts, Mary and Brian, and this is episode 44. So today we have three segments for you guys. The first segment, we're going to give you a Gonzaga update, our our journey in the tourney. Yeah, that rhymed. <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that. But anyways, okay, so the, uh, Gonzaga update. Uh, we have two, we played two games over the since the last podcast. Uh, we have in a segment basically on my thoughts. Mary's going to just ask me just a random topic, and I'm just going to tell you, uh, try to explain it to you guys. And then I'll we'll fact check that, you. Yeah, and you'll fact check me. We'll see how that goes. Uh, mm-hmm. This is definitely going to be a new risky segment. (laughs) Um, And then, of course, our last one, we're going to just briefly go over the remaining teams in the tourney and maybe a prediction on who's going to win the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, uh, Mary, uh, anything interesting happened to you this week? Yeah. So this weekend was super fun. Um, I got to hang out with my friend Hannah, went over to her house and had a sleepover from Saturday to Sunday. Um, I got there. We watched the Gonzaga game together on Saturday. Um, as most of you know, Gonzaga lost that game, so we were a little sad for a little while. But, I mean, within an hour, we were dancing to uh, Whitney Houston in Value Village, so our mood turned right around. And uh, I tried some Indian pizza from um, this place called Can-Am Pizza that Hannah introduced me to, and it was very good. And then we watched The Office that night, you know, classic. We took a, a walk on Saturday and on Sunday, went to a plant mounting class on Sunday, where basically we mounted a plant onto a piece of wood which okay. was really fun i and i haven't hung it up yet but i did water it um today and then so uh actually where does this where where would you hang this up is this like uh you can hang it up on the... the wall okay okay so basically to water it you are supposed to take it off the wall every 14 days and dunk it in water so today um when I got home from work, I filled my sink completely full of water and um, I put the plant, the whole thing in there, the wood and everything, because I, I tied it all together with fishing line and I put it oh, in there and then I went to the gym for about 30, 40 minutes. And when I got back, it had soaked up all of the water in the entire sink. Wow. That, yeah. that, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, it was so cool. That's it was a thirsty at a, plant. Yeah, it was at a nursery um, by Hannah's house, and so um, we both got some other plants as well. Um, and then last night, Sunday night, then I went to my aunt and uncle's house for a family dinner. Uh, my cousin Nick is studying abroad this quarter, um, so he's leaving later this week. And then there was a bunch of birthdays to celebrate, and I haven't seen um, a lot of my family for a little while, so that was really fun to all get together again. And yeah, how about you, Brian? Uh, yeah, like you, I also watched both basketball games. Um, the first one, I went to Red Robin, because that's a nice spot to watch a basketball game. <laughs> Had my Red Robin burger. It was great. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, strawberry milkshake along with it. Can't go wrong with that. What so kind I of burger did life. you get? Uh, the standard, uh, cheese, cheeseburger. Red Robin cheeseburger. Yeah. Okay, boring. <laughs> I don't, I, I know, I, I don't, I don't like to mix it up with food you know we we all know that a a very ordered person you know eat a burger when you go to red robin you don't eat a salad you don't eat whatever else they serve macaroni or (laughs) something okay (laughs) (laughs) but that that's a side story uh so yeah went to the went to red robin to watch the first game unfortunately we did not win the second game like you said um Mm -hmm. so uh yeah i actually watched that back in my own room and uh yeah uh very sad 
I, I wanted to cry, but I really did, but I just couldn't. Oh, man. Um, yeah, it was bad. Um, and then another update, I remember telling you guys that my mom was looking for, or she found a, like a stray cat, like mm-hmm. wandering the neighborhood. And, uh, she was like very concerned and wanted to, you know, rescue it and save it. Well, here's a, a news update for you guys. Turns out that wasn't a stray cat. <laughs> what was it? It was someone else's. It was like someone oh. in the neighborhood's cat. They just never had a like a, a leash or, or not a leash, a collar on it with a tag. Oh. So it was just wandering around looking rather famished, I must say. Yikes. I thought you were <laughs> going to say that it was like a bobcat or something. No, no, it wasn't a bobcat. That would be cool, though. All well, right. I mean, there's bobcats in my neighborhood, in my parents' neighborhood, so. Yeah, there are bobcats. Um and coyotes, actually. Yep. But uh, it was not a stray cat. It was it belonged to someone. So looking back, it's a good thing my mom did not grab that cat. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that would upset someone. <laughs> Probably. But yeah, that, that that that's the extent of my week. That's good. Well, I'm glad your mom found the rightful owner of the cat and didn't take the cat for herself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> that would have been bad. So for our first segment, we're doing the Gonzaga update, and our first game was on Thursday, and this was against FSU, and a little history lesson for everyone. Uh, FSU, which is Florida State University, Mm -hmm. (laughs) was the team that knocked us out of the tournament last year, and uh, I didn't realize that at first, but uh, the announcers made sure to remind me. Thank you, announcers. And uh, we wanted a lot of stuff that we did. Yeah, they reminded us a lot of stuff. yeah, so we wanted revenge, and we came out pretty strong overall. We we held FS or Florida State. I'm just going to say FSU. That's fine. Uh, to three of twenty on three pointers, that's pretty bad. <laughs> that's like really bad. So good job for our defense, and then uh, we forced them to commit 14 turnovers. So that's 14 possessions that they didn't even get a shot off. That's that's really good on our part, mm-hmm. and things are looking good. We casually entered halftime thir- at the score of 38 to 27, so we're up 11. Things are things are good, and uh, the ESPN commentator decided to mention right out of the second half that the only time Gonzaga had lost when leading by more than 11 points at the half was against UCLA in 2006, and uh, that is a good stat showing that uh, we usually hold on to our leads. But we don't want to talk about UCLA in 2006. That, that is bad. We're a completely different team. Like all these people who are on the team now, they were like, yeah, totally 10 years irrelevant. Old. They were like, yeah, you know, bad eight stat to 10 years actually. Old. Just yeah. totally irrelevant stat. Thanks yeah. for wasting our time. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so there was a lot of compliments actually from the commentators that was focused on how good FSU was, which was pretty bizarre considering we were winning at the time. I don't know. We just we, never get enough respect. We led for like 39 minutes. Like. I think they only led for like 11 seconds, the first 11 seconds of the game when they scored the first point. I don't think they led throughout the rest of the game, yet the commentators kept saying how good Florida State was. Yeah, yeah, it was bizarre. But uh, anyways, we, we so like Mary said, we were winning the majority of the game, get no respect. But uh, FSU, they did make a little run at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were enjoying around a 10-point lead the majority of the game. But then within the last four minutes, uh, Florida State went on a, pretty strong run and uh, narrowed the score down to 60 to 50, 56. So a four-point game with mm-hmm. four minutes left. Uh, time to panic. That was <laughs> I, really I was, scary. I was a little freaking out. Like, like I'm just like watching the score change. I'm like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And uh, 
Yeah, four-point game. Uh, thankfully, Norvell uh, hit a three-pointer right after that run and stretched the lead back to a seven-point uh, lead, which was more manageable. And we, from there, just maintained that lead and ended the game with a score of 72-58. to 58. So by the end of the game, it looked 14-point win. It doesn't look that close, but it was pretty close within mm-hmm. the last five minutes of the game. Uh, yeah, some notable scores or stats from the game. Rui got 17 points. Brandon Clark, who's having a great tournament, really, got 15 points. Uh, Zach Norvell and Perkins both got 14 apiece. And that just goes to show how great our team effort <laughs> on offense is. Mm-hmm. Like when you have like at least during this people, game, yeah, yeah, at least during this game, when you have four people that can score over 10 points, getting double figures, that's that's a great balance. Mm-hmm. So if you have one bad bad player having an off night, you know, everyone else can pick up the slack. Yeah. And so we won that game going into the Elite Eight. Um, and a, a stat for you guys is Gonzaga is playing in the Elite Eight for the third time in five years, which is, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Three times in five years. Not a lot of teams actually even make it to the Elite Eight, but we're consistently getting at least to the Elite Eight. And uh, hopefully... The further. announcer was like, this is Gonzaga's first time to the Elite Eight since uh, 2017. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, that's not that long ago, buddy. Yeah, I don't know how long he was holding on to that stat, but uh, that really wasn't that groundbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for the Saturday game, our, our next game was against Texas Tech, and I really hadn't done any research against Texas Tech. I didn't really know how good they were supposed to be. I, I did know that they upset Michigan, which was the two seed in our bracket that a lot of people picked us to play against. And it was a close game. Like, back and forth. For back and forth the entire almost way. Almost the entire game. Um, surprisingly, we shot 50% um, from the field in the first half, and we led 37 to 35, so we're up by two. But we were really just turning the ball over too many times that game. Um, yeah. It was basically like we'd score, they'd score, we'd score, they'd score. we turn the ball over, then they turn the ball over. And Texas Tech is really like known for slapping the ball to get turnovers and boy did they do it a lot yeah so we were held to 42 percent shooting overall for the game and our average is 52 percent so their their defense was obviously uh taking its toll on our offense this is only the fourth time that gonzaga was held under 70 points this season and uh so basically they managed to get a little lead with about a minute left, they had a seven-point lead, and everyone's pretty much on our team is just frantically trying to score points and get back into the game. And I feel like I feel like we were a little too rushed, like during the second half. Oh yeah. What do you, What do you feel about that, Mary? Yeah, I think they were definitely rushed. They were getting a little panicked because usually Gonzaga is able to pull away and like kind of get some sort of lead, but we were really back and forth, like exactly almost the same score for. I'd say probably like 36, 37 minutes of the whole game. By the end, that's when it kind of all kind of unwound and fell apart. Yeah, like they'd have like a two-point lead on us and with like, I don't know, eight minutes left. And I felt like our team was just like, we have to score right now. Yeah. Like, Well, then just... they panic. They'd go down, try to shoot three, miss. No one was rebounding. No one was doing anything. And then, yeah. oh, but I'm like, just get a two-pointer. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, we kind of fell apart as a team. On offense, I feel everyone, both teams' defense were pretty good, mm-hmm. but our offense was pretty uncoordinated. 
So, like I was saying, um, so it was a seven-point lead for Texas Tech with about a minute left, and uh, we, we we chipped away at with it, chipped away at it actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Perkins hit a pretty big three, and then uh, we got a, a couple more points, uh, pulling the score to seventy-one to sixty-nine with eleven seconds left. So it's a two-point game with eleven seconds left. But um, unfortunately, <laughs> Perkins, who I was just praising, like I, I this is this is saved in text. Like I text Mary. Oh my God, I love Perkins because he hit a three. But then as soon as I sent that text, he decided to reach over uh, into the out-of-bounds line when they're inbounding the ball and slapped, that out of, slapped it out of the guy inbounding the ball, uh, slapped it out of his hands. You're not and, allowed to uh, reach over the line. You're not allowed to yeah. do that. You have to let them inbound the ball. You can't just take it from them yeah. <laughs> before it's in play. And unfortunately, that was a technical foul. And they hit two more free throws and got the ball back. So that pretty much sealed the game. And uh, we lost the game 75-69. to 69. Uh, yeah. It was pretty depressing. I really thought this was going to be our year. Uh, we just had so many good players and not a lot of freshmen. So we had a lot of experience on knowing what to do in tough situations. But in the end, it kind of just all fell apart. Uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on this year, this season. Was it overall okay, though? I think it was overall a pretty good season. Overall, it was a great season. We really can't complain about, I mean, getting to the Elite Eight. Not many teams, only eight teams get to do that every year. And, you know, if we've done it three out of the last five years and we've been to the tournament for since 1999, like, it was difficult when we lost. It was pretty sad. But overall, like, really had a great season. Um, Only lost four games total. So Yeah, that's that's. That's pretty good overall, only losing four games. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, that game just didn't go our way, and that kind of does happen. Yep. The, tournament, the tournament's mostly mostly skill, but an occasional bad game can just ruin it all for you. This is a best of one. It's not like a best two out of three or something. Yep. So, yeah, we definitely got upset there. Yeah, so I wanted to give a Jimmy Kimmel update. So over the, last, the course of the last two weeks, about two weeks ago, yeah, two weeks ago today, it was the first time that he mentioned Gonzaga on his monologue, and he said Gonzaga doesn't exist. He doesn't know anyone that goes there. Doesn't know anyone who knows anyone who goes there. <laughs> right. All on and on. So overall, he mentioned Gonzaga in seven of his monologues over the last two weeks. So basically, seven out of ten days um, of his show, he mentioned Gonzaga for a total of twenty-six and a half minutes. And a spokesperson from Visit Spokane told KXLY that a one-minute ad on Jimmy Kimmel is worth $27,000. So 26 and a half minutes of airtime on the show is worth $808,300 for the school. And, like, this is – I mean, I work at a college, so I know that this is, like, prime – like, you're trying to get as many students to come there and just – Yeah, it's great exposure. It's huge exposure. Um, Really can't ask – can't plan or ask for this type of exposure. Um, I've at last week he had a few that I didn't think were as funny as the previous week. He had like a fake spike come in. Yeah. He had um, uh, like Professor Gonzo Aga. He had like an actor come in and like those were not as funny. But overall, um, after we lost, he tweeted, "Congratulations to my new friends at Gonzaga on a great season, imaginary or otherwise. I have grown very fond of you." So I thought that was nice. And I mean, I bet that next year. He'll, you know, during March Madness, I'm sure he'll talk about Gonzaga again. Um, yeah. Just because I think it's going to be an ongoing thing. Like, Jimmy Kimmel talks about Matt Damon, how much he hates him um, all the time, like, throughout the throughout the shows. So I think yeah. that this might become a more regular thing in March, especially. 
which is awesome for Gonzaga. And it'd be super cool if we can get him to come up to Spokane or be a graduation speaker or something like that. That would be that would be epic. <laughs> if yeah. That would be that'd be quite the treat for that that grads class. But uh, yeah, yeah, uh, I totally agree. Um, I think Jimmy Kimmel talking about us is a good thing. And you know, one of the things he said, I think it was in his first segment, was actually pretty true. Is is that the only time Gonzaga actually makes national news <laughs> is during March? When Not always. There's other times. Well, the majority of the time, I yeah. think it's. Uh, it's during March Madness because yeah. we're just always number one and nobody really knows where we are. But hey, now you do. Yep. And so I also just wanted to go over a few of the incoming recruits that are coming for next season. We're not quite sure who is leaving the team um, this coming year. Um, besides the seniors, we're not sure who's going to uh, be declaring to the NBA. But um, mm-hmm. we don't really want to talk about that yet because we don't know what's happening. So we right. want to talk about people who are for sure coming next year and so uh gonzaga's incoming recruiting class is one of the best in school history ranking fifth nationally and features three players who grade among the top five newcomers ever to come play for the program so i wanted to go over there's five of them that i was going to briefly go over there's anton watson he's from gonzaga prep so uh local guy he's six foot nine six foot nine and he guided Gonzaga Prep to their second consecutive 4A state title this year. And he was named Mr. Basketball by the State Coaches Association. Um, yeah, that's super cool. And it's kind of cool. He's the first uh, Spokane guy to come play there since yeah, David Stockton left. Cool. Um, yeah, so that's been a few years. Um, then there's Drew Time or Tim, T-I-M-M-E from Texas. Timmy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to say his name. Um, he's listed at six foot ten, two hundred and thirty-five pounds, but they said that he is also light on his feet and has the vision and handles of a guard. So to me, this description kind of reminds me of Sabonis. Um, I'm not. Oh, that's yeah, just my that's guess, but like, um, he's tall, but he's able to handle the bar ball really well. Yeah, it sounds like. Um, and then there's Brock Rouve from Kittitas, which is near Ellensburg, so Central Washington. Um, he's six foot one, a little bit shorter than other guys, but still tall. And then there's Pavel Zakharov from Russia. He's six foot eleven. And then this last one, Omar Balo from Mali. They've been talking about him a lot. He's six foot ten, but he has the wingspan that's he has a wingspan of seven foot four inches. So seven foot four. Wow, that's that's so his quite wingspan, wingspan is much like a few inches longer than his height which is crazy. Um, he's only going to be like 16 or 17 years old by next season, so he m- probably might redshirt is what right. I'm going to guess just because he's super young and he needs to develop a little bit more. But it sounds like he's really good. So already looking forward to October, November, when the next season starts. And uh, Yeah, and, in- um, you know, every time at the end of the year, and I think that our greatest team ever – is gone and then maybe your next year might not be as good every time our, our recruiting class does such a great job and gets uh finds these people out of from wherever mm-hmm. usually it's internationally but uh yeah it's nice to have someone coming from spokane something from someone from russia someone from molly like that's just great <laughs> yeah and it's going to be super cool to see how these new guys um work with the current players for next season and um, right Already looking forward to next year. Can't wait to see what happens. So, go Zags. Go Zags. 
All right, for our next segment, um, we're gonna think all gonna hear about Brian's thoughts now. Brian doesn't know a lot of facts sometimes about certain subjects. And so um, I was hanging out wow. with Hannah, as I mentioned earlier this weekend, and she just wanted to see the, a segment where um, Brian just talked uninterrupted, saying his thoughts about his subject, um, and then I would fact check him. And it's going to be uninterrupted, and Brian, you just say as much as you can about this, the topic that I'm going to give you in a minute. And uh, best of luck. But... Okay. Hopefully this should be really funny. Okay, I, I will do my absolute best. And I apologize if I forget something obvious, like where the <laughs> Leaning Tower of Pisa is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so ready for your topic? All right, let's do it. Okay, your topic is the history of Gonzaga. Okay, so obviously Gonzaga is a school located in Spokane, Washington. <laughs> it's a college. Um, so our founder is, I believe it's St. Al. Um is that true, Barry? Are you going to uh, This is uninterrupted, down? remember. Oh, okay. Okay. So, founder St. Al. Um, although I want to say something. I know we have like some sort of Ignatius, Ignatius <laughs> statue <laughs> right in front of St. Al's. Or maybe that's St. Al's. I forget right now. But anyways, he's a, like a bald monk. And uh, <laughs> uh, so it's a Catholic school. And let's see. What else do I know about Gonzaga? <laughs> Uh, let's see. We're known for, we have a good law school. Um, it was founded. So this is all over the place, but we do have a good law school. It was founded around a hundred years ago. I think it was like the 19 or 1880s, not 19, <laughs> 1880s. Uh, let's see. What else can I think of about Gonzaga? Uh, that's about it, Mary. <laughs> that's all you Did can I- think about Gonzaga. I, I think so. Is there how much time do I have left? I mean, you're supposed to talk about it for a while, but you can only think talk about it for one minute. Okay, let's see. What other history Gonzaga? Eh. You know, they don't really teach us this stuff. <laughs> they just teach us a state out <laughs> decide to uh you know, found a school, <laughs> I think. Although, although, I actually do think that, uh, what's his name? The guy that, what, what's the name of the guy that, uh, the building where Panda Express used to be? <laughs> Cataldo. <laughs> Cataldo, yes. I know he's important. I know he's important in the, the founding of Gonzaga. I'm not sure if it's, uh, I know he's part of it. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I know about Brian, Gonzaga. That's kind of sad. This is, this is very sad. Yeah, I, I apologize. You can go ahead and fact check me now if you want. Okay. All right. Okay, so actually um, Gonzaga was uh, started by Father Joseph Cataldo. and was when he started in 1887 was the first year of the school, Brian. Uh, okay. It was not started by St. Al, as you called him. St. <laughs> um, Aloysius Gonzaga actually was born in 1568. And he died mm-hmm. in 1591. He was 23 years old, so he had, came nowhere no, close to Spokane. He lived in Italy. Um, oh my god! <laughs> he was the patron saint of youth. That's there's a statue of Saint Al's out Saint or of Aloysius Gonzaga outside of Saint Al's. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. You were just all over the place. You randomly mentioned the law school. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Gonzaga was started in 1887. 
And the first year of the school, they had seven students, and they were all boys. And then by the 1900s, they had 244 students. Uh, the whole school started in College Hall, which they used to call the Ad Building. Um, actually, it was a little bit different than how it is currently because it burned down at some point, and so they had to remake part of it. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then for the first time in 1948, Gonzaga included women. Well, that's good. <laughs> it's nice to see them do that. There's a lot of things. And before Gonzaga was called the Bulldogs, they were first called the Blue and White when they started because of school colors. And then they were called the Fighting Irish. And then they finally became the Bulldogs after a while. Oh, I didn't know that. The Fighting, what is it? Blue fighting and White. Fighting Irish. I know, there's the one before that. Blue and White. Just the Blue and White? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yikes. Your history of how Gonzaga was started was a little shaky. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Although, I, I, I do would like to add two more uh, facts to Gonzaga that I omitted and I feel bad about. One, <laughs> we're Jesuit college. Although, uh-huh. you don't have to be a Catholic to attend. Uh-huh. And two... Uh, we used to have a football team. Not a lot of people know that. When did that end, Brian? I don't know, Barry. <laughs> a 19, while ago. 1941. 1941. There you go. Yeah. And, and uh, St. Ignatius yeah. comes into the picture. He's the statue that's outside of College Hall, if you didn't yes. know that already. He started the all the Jesuit... He started the Jesuit order, and so he is... Not just about for Gonzaga. He's for all the Jesuit colleges. Okay. Yeah. That's how that comes into play. <laughs> gotcha. I, I knew I knew he was important somehow. <laughs> yeah, you you probably just remembered Iggy's pizza that was inside of Cataldo Hall. Yeah, you, ju- you just got you... you just gotta think back to all the, the old buildings and usually there's some significance. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Bing Crosby. Uh Crosby was originally First, the library was in College Hall, and then Bing Crosby built the library and donated the library to the school. It was the library, and then it became the student center when Foley Library was um, made. And so then it became the student center. Then Hemmingson was built, what, two years ago, three years ago? Yeah. I guess it was four years ago at this point. And then now Crosby um, doesn't really, is not the student center anymore, which is very sad still. But anyways, Brian, you need to figure out... Brush up on my Gonzaga history. <laughs> yeah, you know a lot about basketball team, as we could tell from the last segment, but not actually about the history. Another historical fact about the Gonzaga campus is my grandma grew up on that campus, actually. She lives um, across the... Her house is across the street from um, Knights of Columbus and the white and green um, house that was next to the Boone Apartments, and now... That, those are knocked down, but uh, now it's next to the new Jesuit house um, on Boone. And, yeah. Well, thank you for enlightening me and uh, helping me uh, grow by my knowledge of Gonzaga history. <laughs> yes, we will do more segments like this because that was pretty funny to hear you just stumbling over your Cataldo, Ignatius, St. Al's. <laughs> And then you randomly yes. bring up the law school, then you jump back to this or that. Yeah. <laughs> Good yeah, job, that, Brian. That's, that's unfortunately how my brain works when I do not have any structure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just giving you all the facts at once in any order. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for planning along. 
Yep, yep, you're welcome. Yep. So now I'm just going to talk about the remaining teams in the tournament. And so there are four teams left. We have the number two seed, Michigan, against the number three seed, Texas Tech. And then the number one seed, uh, Virginia, against number five seed, Auburn. And some facts are Virginia is the only number one seed left in the first uh, for the first Final Four since 1984. So there have definitely been a lot of upsets. A lot of the number one seeds um, went down, unfortunately, Gonzaga among them. Um, and UNC and Duke. And UNC and Duke, which is which is very rare. You usually don't see UNC and Duke lose both at the same time, more so or less. That's what I hope that the announcers can take away from this season, is Gonzaga is equally as good as Duke and UNC, yet yeah, Duke and they, UNC they have a lot more it. respect, and they basically just say all this like bad facts about Gonzaga, whereas like Duke and UNC are praised. And we had Rui and Brandon Clark, but they had Zion Williams, and he was supposed to be like their star player, and yet we got exactly as far as they did. Yeah, yeah, that that just goes to show, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if you don't win, <laughs> you don't win. And no matter how uh, stacked Duke and North Carolina were, uh, honestly, I feel like they didn't play as a team, so they lost. But um, but that's that's the past. Right now, unfortunately, all the all the teams we expected to be in the the final four are pretty much gone. Yeah, all of my teams that I picked for my final four are gone. So bye bye March Madness. Can yeah, there goes there goes our bracket. bracket. <laughs> Apparently, I still have Virginia, but yep. I don't think I picked them to win. So there, I'm definitely gonna you not picked, get that you right. You picked Gonzaga in one and Duke in the other. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Virginia, I, I that was an accident, really. Um, <laughs> so our first game, Michigan State against Texas Tech. First of all, you guys should know that the Final Four is going to be on April 6th if you want to watch, and then the championship game is going to be two days later on April 8th. But going into the Michigan State versus Texas Tech game. Honestly, I felt like Texas Tech was pretty good against Gonzaga, and if they can, uh, you know, bring that same level of intensity on defense, they they have a good chance of at least advancing to the final game. Uh, I, I got a good look at both of the the teams playing uh, Texas Tech and Michigan State, and I have to say, uh, if you have a good defense, you put yourself in a chance to pretty much win any game out there, and. Yeah, so I think Texas Tech is probably going to go to the final. On the other end, we have Virginia against Auburn. Auburn kind of surprised everyone by upsetting North Carolina, which was a number one seed on their end of the bracket. And uh, they're going to be playing against Virginia. I'm not sure exactly who's supposed to win that one. but I mean, just I would for guess this... that Virginia would since they're the number one seed and Auburn's what, number five seed, five. I think? Yeah, they're number five seed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So who do you think is going to win it all? So actually, I'm going to just say it's going to be Auburn against Texas Tech in the final. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have a five seed against a three seed. So this is actually good for the tournament. Usually uh, we're going to have a new new champion. Usually it's it's one of the older teams that always wins, like Duke, Carolina, Kentucky, uh, Kentucky et cetera. You know, you know the names. But uh, Auburn against Texas Tech. And you know, I actually want Texas Tech to win. If they can't beat us, if 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 they're going to beat us, they might as well win the whole thing, and we'll be like, okay, well, the only team we lost to was the best team in the tournament. Mm-hmm. So I can I can accept that. Uh, do you have any idea on who's going to win, or do you want any team to win? I want Auburn to win because everyone loves an underdog, and oh, that's true. They 
I don't know if they're always in the tournament, but I feel like they're more of a football school in general. Um, and I just think it's great that they... Uh, they can be good uh, at two things. Yeah. Well, I just think it's great that they're like... They beat UNC, who they always think they're unstoppable. Oh, and I did also want to point out that uh, Duke was beat by Michigan State by one point. So Duke really has just was just getting lucky game and game and game again. Because um, yeah, they, they won by one point on in the second round, then they won won by two points in the third round, and then they lost by one point in the fourth round. So, I mean, I feel like they should have gotten out a little bit earlier. Yeah, they probably should have. They got a little lucky this tournament advancing. Uh, and then I would have been mad if they had won it by one point again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't have minded it. Considering I, we I all know that you love Duke, Brian. <laughs> No, I, I, you I wouldn't have minded Zagamore. it because you have all your Duke like gear Duke. hidden away <laughs> that you're just ready to rip out and wear your Go Blue Devil shirt on the Golden uh-huh. campus. Okay, yeah, I definitely can't do that. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, Auburn actually sounds like a good pick as well. Honestly, as long as it's not Michigan State it's, or or Virginia, if it's Texas Tech or Auburn, I'll be okay because they seem like new teams, and that'd be that'd be great for the tournament. I mean, Virginia is also a new team. That's they true. They haven't been to the Final Four since 1984, so. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But they're part of a, a good conference. Oh, I but I, I won't. I won't hold that against them. I'll, I'll. I'll say, okay, Virginia can win too, and I'll be happy. <laughs> Anyone but Michigan State, basically. Anyone but Michigan State. Well, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Okay, so wrapping up. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts so that new episodes will be available as soon as we release them. You can get a free audiobook from Audible by going to audibletrial.com slash sspodcast. And please leave us a review on iTunes, and we'll give you a special shout-out on our next podcast. Please like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash sassstoriesarcasm and on Instagram at sassstoriesarcasm. Once again, thanks for listening, and good luck to the Zags in their offseason. <laughs> yep.